is Andy Wakefield, and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. Welcome to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is Lori Gregory, and I'm coming to you remote, <laughs> out in the field, as they say, Andy. That's right. Be careful. Be this is our first remote podcast. There's so much going on in health freedom and with the film, of course, that I've had an interesting couple of days here connecting with some very powerful health freedom folks. And it's great to connect with you, Andy, back on the podcast. I know that our audience is growing. And we had an opportunity this week to do our first live Q&A video. And, of course, we, we had Dell Big Tree as our guest. So your media empire is growing, Andy. <laughs> yes. It's modest but growing. Um and we've got Bobby, Bobby and Dell coming up in September. We do. I'm so excited. That will be such a privilege to have the three of you on one podcast and on one live video Q&A. And for those that are listening to us on Patreon, you can join our membership. It's $5 a month. So it's the same thing you're paying on Patreon. You just go to uh, 1986theact.com. You can select membership, and it's the same $5 a month, but you get a lot more goodies associated with your membership there. And for those who are listening already on our membership platform, we just want to say thank you so much. Because, you know, Andy, as we saw with Dell this past uh, week ago, he's been deplatformed off of YouTube. And we've created a space with your vision to be autonomous so that we have the ability to avoid censorship and create a place where our community can come together to listen to all of your wisdom about things that are happening in the health freedom movement and can stay connected. Well, thank you very kind. I, I, clearly, this is going to happen more and more as uh, more platforms get censored, as the censorship spreads, even to the mainstream media, as we saw with, with um, mainstream doctors attempting to communicate their experience, their clinical experience with hydroxychloroquine and other things being censored on. All of the major platforms are really very alarming, but it's going to open up all kinds of opportunities for new platforms to emerge which do not censor. And that's really what we want. And so if the irony, of course, is that Facebook and YouTube are self-censoring and will ultimately remove themselves from the competitive free market. Well, and as you have stated several times, one of the beautiful things about entrepreneurship and capitalism is in America when one door closes another opens so we're seeing the emergence of platforms like BitChute which I believe you can still find the Breitbart video of the mainstream doctors uh, on that platform we know that our friend Mike Adams has launched Brighteon uh, we have Sphere we have a lot of other platforms that are stepping up I think Alex Jones is on, has banned video, uh, I think it's called bandvideo.com, and it was nice to see you on his show. He's such a fan of yours, and I believe he's watching the movie tonight. Alex is such an interesting character and such a powerful voice in really being, you know, kind of the, the tip of the spear in the censorship narrative, because as soon as the election came and went in uh, 2016, you know, he had a he had huge numbers around the election and four days before, and that's 
brought precisely why they shut him down and put him on, you know, he put him on his own platforms now. So it's it's wonderful to see that Dell has adopted. He's he's now moving on and revamping his entire tech. But we have a place now for us to be able to continue to talk about all these important things. And there's so much happening this week as this health freedom narrative, which has been pushed by the COVID narrative, continues to explode. What what big news this week, Andy, that you want to start off with? Well, I, there are a number of things. Um, interesting and, you know, the, the, the liars still, are still lying and that nothing changes there. But there are, there are some sensible articles emerging from mainstream media sources, which are particularly um, the UK. There were a couple from The Spectator. The Spectator is a magazine I guess kind of has right-wing leanings, but it um, it's a very intelligent commentary. And the principal one is that, I'll, and I'll, I'll bring it up here to talk to you about it, but um, the notion that, in fact, people, the number of people dying from conditions unrelated to COVID in England is people dying at home in particular, old people dying at home has gone up substantially because they are not getting access to healthcare. So people dying of heart attacks, people dying of strokes, people are dying of cancer, unable to get care for their cancer, waiting lists growing and growing and growing. The the death from the fallout of COVID rather than principally from COVID itself is going to be absolutely enormous. And, and, and the comment at the end is really that uh, when it comes to COVID-19, the real threat is not the disease, it's how we're reacting to the emerging information. And it warns people against reacting to what Daniel Kahneman and the journalists call anchoring. It is really taking the first position that you hear about and using that as your anchor for your interpretation of all subsequent information. Uh, and it, it also referred to in this as tunnel vision. It's being unable to be open-minded enough to in, embrace new ideas that conflict with the original piece of information that you you heard about this disease. And the second article in, in the Spectator, really very interesting, and it it's based upon a poll, a CNC poll, British respondents estimated that nearly 7% of the UK population had died from the coronavirus. So this is information, this is a perception of the English people based upon mainstream media reports. And that would equate to 4.5 million people. The Scots suppose that 10% of the UK population has died. That would be 7 million people. It's a oh. tiny fraction of that. Now, astonishingly, they write, Americans believe that COVID likewise has killed 9% of their compatriots, as he says here. That, was, that would amount to 30 million people. That is what people have been persuaded to believe, but what they take away from the mainstream media. And he says the real US total has crossed the milestone of 150,000. But really, the idea that 30 million Americans have died from this disease, but that is what is driving the fear. And it is, of course, completely wrong. So that is a, an interesting and somewhat sobering 
view of how people perceive this disease. And on the, the other side of things, there was a, a very, very interesting article in, in Zero Hedge, uh, which is a, essentially a, a financial uh, blog, financial website. And it talks about something very dear to our hearts, and that is red flag soar as big pharma will be exempt from COVID-19 vaccine liability claims. And of course, we're all too familiar with this, having just finished a movie about the 1986 Act and the liability protection that pharma got from that Act, which has now been, as a matter of course, extended to COVID-19, and this is globally, which is really interesting. It may not be in every single country, but it is in a, a very large number of countries that historically there was no liability protection, really throughout Europe, for uh, manufacturers producing faulty products and damage occurring as a consequence of those products. Now, for this vaccine, we seem to see a pervasive uh, liability protection, which really, again, stems from the 1986 Act. It started here. Bad policy started here in America and has now spread to the rest of the world. And we have a vaccine that is going to be rushed to market, is using new technology, has already proven in the early clinical trials to be really substantially unsafe, even in the healthiest individuals that were selected for that clinical trial. And people are going to be exposed to this without realizing that if they, uh, they, if they die or if they are severely injured, then those, their family members, and they will not be entitled to any compensation except that handed out perhaps by the government. But it's going to be almost impossible for them to prove which they will have to do, that the vaccine caused the harm because the science has not been done to establish the safety. And so people are, will be in an, an invidious position. You've been listening to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. To continue the conversation, go to 1986theact.com slash membership, where for $5 a month, you can subscribe and access the Andy Wakefield podcast in its entirety and much more.